0: back ladies and gentlemen once again at 24's podcast I am your host once again 24 this is my podcast 24's podcast the best video gaming and sports podcast on the entire internet I already have to come I'm back um a lot of good stuff happening on today's podcast. Hopefully we can wrap up some of the stuff that I've been meaning to wrap up for about a week. I've been putting some things off. Some things are about to be back on. We will talk about what I have going on today. I had something positive music. My mind is already getting absolutely just clustered right now. What do I got? I had something. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to talk about Positional value again, kind of continuing on. I'm pausing music. Kind of continuing on with a theme that started off Monday with Saquon Barkley, continued forward with evaluating who is playing the more significant position, the most impact, the more impactful position, panay Sewell or Jamar Chase. We talked about it for about 20, 30, 40 minutes yesterday. Today we will continue forward and actually we'll be able, ironically enough, pause the music. I gotta say this. I didn't plan this week to go this way, but it just, it just literally fell into my lap where for some weird reason I was reviewing Saquon Barkley. I didn't plan for any of this to happen. Sometimes just luck happens. Sometimes things just happen this way. Talking on Monday, kind of just reviewing some Saquon Barkley stuff. stumbled, Stumbled upon an article by the Bengals Wire yesterday. Talked about it. You can go back and you can listen to both these podcasts, ladies and gentlemen. And then... Today I get the Browns versus the Bengals and I watched that game and I saw like the impact of 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 having a left tackle versus having a number one wide receiver. Please unpause my music. So we'll be talking about Bengals. Well, I'm also watching Milwaukee versus Atlanta. Atlanta's a pretty freaking scrappy team and uh, it's 92-90 right now in the fourth quarter. I'll also get into why I've been late Again, I got to get my shit together, to be honest with you, but regardless, pretty awesome podcast coming up, ladies and gentlemen, right here on 24's Podcast. That was Nujabes' module. I saw. I say module, but it's model soul. His final album. You know, obviously before he passed, and he released. Um, it's the song was called "World's in Rhapsody," and oh my gosh, is it one of my favorite songs on the on the album itself? When I freaking like, I was just. Listening to Model Soul yesterday, I it's been a couple of weeks since I got it, and I was listening to it, and I was just like, I gotta, I gotta listen to all of it, and I was listening to all of it yesterday, and I was like, wow, that's a pretty friggin' tight song. Gotta play it on the podcast, and then some other stuff happened yesterday. Um, I was started working out again, and I'm super overweight. <laughs> I'm like super overweight. I started back running. I like to do my workouts in uh, in sweats to help, like, kind of make the workout a little bit harder and um, I was doing my hills like I always did and I passed out. <laughs> I was like, you know, I, I kind of wanted to approach working out a little bit different where I was just like, all right, we're going to, we're going to go into the mindset where, you know, I empty the tank, get the tank going, things of that nature and when I stopped working out, I could kind of feel it and I was just like, ah oh, man, I didn't empty out the tank. I still feel like I could do a little bit more and then as, like, it, it was kind of like, you know how, like, if you chug a bunch of beer, you know, at one point in time, uh, you won't necessarily immediately feel drunk. It'll kind of, like, get going, you know, a little bit. That's kind of how I felt. Like, like it was a couple of minutes after I had stopped working out that I had really, really started to feel it. And I had, like, had to take off my first layer. I was so, like, physically just drained. That I couldn't even get up and turn on the ceiling fan because I was afraid that I was gonna puke. And um, it, like at the, it, like at the, eventually I had to just like take a slight nap and close my eyes. And I mean, it was, it was bad. I, I really am out of shape, but that is, uh, I got that pandemic bod. So I was resting for like the last couple of hours sleeping, doing some stuff on and off. That's what you got to do when you're working out, getting in a crap ton of sleep. I remember the first time I started to really work out. I literally um, slept for about like 10 hours to 12 hours sometimes. An incredible amount of time. But I mean, that's because I got to let my body heal, bro. Got to let it heal. So it's kind of why I'm late, ironically enough, where I just, I was working out. I've been sleeping. I've been resting we're back. We are back. So are the Bucs. I have Milwaukee winning this series. I'm putting for the first time all series, all season. Uh, I'm betting against Trey Young tonight and uh, Trey Young is smacking me in my mouth right now. It's 92-90 and uh, yikes is Milwaukee not in as much control over this basketball game as I originally thought. To be honest with you, how weird is it? Let me like kind of open a little bit with basketball, right? Think of how many like superstars are hurt, right? Because everybody's gonna say like because I know the narratives, right? Because Phoenix doesn't really have a lot of superstars. Yeah, they got Devin Booker and in Chris Paul, but I mean if the Lakers were healthy, I don't think they beat them. Obviously, the Clippers are in the conference finals for the first time, I believe, in their team history, but. Kawhi's hurt, right? And then you have this series where both teams are relatively healthy. I think Bogdanovich isn't, but even then it's like, you know, he's healthy enough to play for a limited, for an extreme amount of time, right? So it's like the case with all of these like superstars like LeBron, AD, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, James Harden, uh, Clay Thompson has been hurt for like two years straight. I think it's like, like everybody's gonna, like, and I'm setting our, set myself up to just defend this. I'm, I'm getting ahead of this essentially. Like, everybody's essentially gonna say for like a hot minute or two that, oh man, the NBA is back to normal. They're, the superstars are gone and blah, 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 blah. And it's just like, no, the superstars aren't gone. This is the first time in like 10 years that a super loaded basketball team has not like won a conference championship or not a conference championship, excuse me, but a, um, but, but, but hasn't won the NBA championship, the NBA finals, excuse me. And even then, if it's like Phoenix who wins it, it's like, you can kind of say, well, they have a superstar and Devin Booker and Chris Paul, but again, right? Like Brooklyn, I felt should have won the finals, the NBA finals. I don't know. Maybe, um, I feel like whoever's come I said it before, I'll say it again. I think whoever's coming out of the East will win, but we'll see. We'll see. Maybe I'm wrong about that. Especially if Atlanta wins tonight, maybe. Cause I kind of expected Atlanta to be, um, eliminated by now. we'll, we'll see. <clears throat> maybe not by now, but yeah, I, I would have expected it. I thought the 76ers may have, uh, should have been here. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. It's 96, 94. I haven't really been watching the game that hard. I've been kind of just like under a blanket. (laughs) (laughs) Like I've been under a blanket because I am weird. Weirdly enough, I am kind of like a little bit sick. I've been just like sleeping again on and off and coughing a lot for some weird reason. So I haven't really been able to check it out the way that I have, but it's uh, it's it's ninety six ninety six right now all. Let me get into this whole. Well, kind of this is probably going to be the wrap up, right? Kind of transitioning from basketball to football. This is kind of going to be the wrap up here, right? So again, recap: we've been talking about player positions, draft evaluation. We've been talking about a whole bunch of different aspects um, to football in the last couple of days. I recommend you go back and you listen to all of the uh, the podcasts, or at least the majority of them that we've shot within the last... Excuse me, I got a burp. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, recommend that you listen to all of the podcasts that we've looked at in the last... like. Two to three days, because and I know that they're kind of a, they're kind of long, but they're also kind of short. I think one is like forty minutes long, and the other one is like an hour and a half. So they're not like three hours long, like the uh, the over three hours long, like one of the podcasts that I had had, I think about a week ago. So, in the case of the the Bengals, right, kind of circling back to the start of the the end of the conversation that we had had yesterday. The end of the conversation was essentially the wide receiver position it was being essentially like uh, proclaimed that the wide receiver position is more important and more impactful than the tackle position. And I was like, absolutely not. Uh, I even was like, I got a curse because of how ridiculous this was. And I didn't realize that like, sometimes I just drop curse words sometimes occasionally, but I'm trying to like make it better. Right. But I was like, I got to unleash. I got to freaking drop F bombs and curse and stuff like that. So I'm like, The case of um, the Bengals, right, and their draft pick, the the Jamar Chase. Oh, my God. Trey Young is talking trash to Giannis Antetokounmpo right now. Good God. You know what? I'll say it. I think if Atlanta comes out of this series, I think they'll win because, good God, man, Trey Young is stupidly fearless. By the way, Space Jam is coming out July 16th. It's like in a couple of weeks. I am – hold on. They're showing a trailer of it. I got to listen to this. Where's my remote? I'm super excited for it. HBO Max is freaking like, oh my god. Stealing the show, dude. Oh my god. There's a new trailer for Space Jam. I can't wait. Hold on. There he is. LeBron. Hold on. They got, they got, I want, I want to see their starting five, right? Hold on, hold on. It looks like it's Lola, Bugs, Daffy's the GM. Let me check it out. Hold on. LeBron, obviously, is one of their starters as well. Hold on. Oh, frick, hold on. God damn it. I want to see the, I, I screwed it up. I screwed up. I'm sometimes bad with a remote. I apologize. This is their starting five. It's. <coughs> you're gonna hear that a lot me cursing not cursing coughing <coughs> it's sylvester the cat skunk right i think whichever you know the the guy that's a skunk or a cat that like i think it's the cat yeah it's the cat it's not the skunk it's the cat that looks like a skunk that the skunk always like sexually assaults essentially uh then it's lebron Tweebird bugs and lola Ah. Oh. Awesome, awesome start. Where's the Tasmanian Devil? Get out, Sylvester the cat. Put in freaking Tasmanian Devil, bro. What's up? What's up? Jesus Christ. Oh my God. They have por they have Porky the pig is now rapping now. I'm like, oh no. That's either gonna be super cringe or super cool. We'll see what happens. I do have a Space Jam t-shirt and everybody whenever I wear it, everybody talks about it. It's a cool Space Jam t-shirt. <clears throat> anyway, sorry about the uh, distraction. So, as I was talking about the uh, player valuations, right? So we were talking about player valuations. We were talking about how <coughs> Excuse me. We were talking about how like certain positions are way more important than others, specifically how the tackle position is far more significant than, for example, the wide receiver position because it protects the quarterback, because it can help uh, run block. There are so many aspects of blocking that go into the uh, not aspects of blocking, but there's 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 a um, I don't know if the word is a significance or an emphasis Uh, when it comes to what you're I, I think it's a significance when it comes to what the quarterback is able to do as a you know as a quarterback as his position there is a significance to what to how good of play that you get from the left tackle the right tackle the right guard the left guard the center there's a significance of like how much that position oh my god I'm I'm let me restart there is a relevance of how good of a offensive line you have and how, oh why can't I think of this? My mind is shattered right now. I apologize. But there is like, there is a a correlance with how good, there we go. I don't know why it took me forever to say like a correlation essentially. But there is a correlation with how good your quarterback can and will play versus like how good your offensive line is. That's essentially what I've been meaning to say for the last couple of minutes, but for some weird reason, cannot. <clears throat> so, when it comes to, for example, and I mentioned a bajillion different, like, examples yesterday. I mentioned, like, how Detroit has always had a really, really crappy offensive line and how they had Calvin Johnson for, like, 10 years and they couldn't do anything. And then teams like the Patriots where, yes, Tom Brady has played with awesome talent at wideout, but he's also, like, last with his last year with New England, he also... Didn't really have a lot of talent at wideout, and they still made the playoffs and things of that nature. Some people are going to say the defense and things of that nature, but okay, fine, sure. Um, And then you have, like, Lamar Jackson, for example. You have Josh Allen in 2019, for example, before Stephon Diggs. He went to the playoffs, and I went down, and again, yesterday's podcast was spectacular about this specific topic when it came to the correlation between how good your team plays, specifically on offense, and how good their offensive line is. I listed off, like, all of, uh, like, 15 wide receivers that I thought were going to be on the pathway and the track to the Hall of Fame, and I was like, these wide receivers are on these teams, and these teams weren't necessarily very good with these Hall of Fame wide receivers, and there is a correlation with these wide receivers being on these really, really bad teams without offensive lines. And yes, some of them also didn't have quarterbacks, and you could kind of add that in as well. But, like, the long and the short of it is is that there's a lot of awesome wide receivers that are on a lot of, like, teams that don't necessarily have, like, a really, really awesome offensive line. And I think that that contributes to their overall success as well. Now, that's kind of the... TLDR for the last two days, uh, pretty bad TLDR, but kind of transitioning from the last two days to today. So today <clears throat> I'm on the NFL network and I am um, like, I'm, I'm kind of just watching it in passing. Like I, I, have some stuff to do. I'm, I'm doing that other stuff and I get this little, the, uh, the game changes, not the game, but the, uh, the programming changes. It goes from, it goes from like whatever I was watching. I think I was watching a football story, life thing, whatever. I mean, and the, the, the NFL network is kind of lazy with his programming, but I was watching one of the, like those shows or whatever. And then I get this game. It's the Bengals versus the Browns. It's, I believe the first game in their matchup in 2020 in Cincinnati and um, the Bengals—it's—it's a—it's a game that they almost won. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's a game that they almost won. The Browns had won it because uh, of I think twenty-three Phillips, the cornerback, who had given up like two really really big plays. For everybody that talks about that Dallas plays prevent defense when uh, when Dak Prescott like uh, has come from behind victories and things of that nature. Um, even the like like the Bengals didn't even have the opportunity to play prevent defense because of just like how many big plays that twenty three had given up. So <clears throat> like look at that game again and then talk about talk to me about prevent defense. But in the case of like the Bengals versus the uh, the Browns, I took notes and I was watching Miles Garrett play, for example. Right. Let me take a swig of my water. Mm. I was watching Miles Garrett play, right? I was watching him play up against <clears throat> the Bengals. And I was, um because the Bengals, if you don't know, were one of the most sacked teams last year, right? Especially with Joe Burrow. And I saw Joe Burrow play, and I was just like, holy crap, he's avoiding a lot of trash. He's getting out of the way of the pressures that are coming in his face. He's even, like, doing some really, really cool stuff. I think Joe Burrow is going to, like, Next year or the year after, I think he's going to be like <clears throat> a, um, a top 10 quarterback in the league. But I think he's going to be a better new version of Matt Stafford in the sense of Matt Stafford is uh, or was on a really, really terrible organization for the majority of his career. And he was the only good thing about that organization. And then the organization for like the first time in 10 years is going to have to not have Matt Stafford and they'll probably suck. I think that's kind of Joe Burrow. I think he's gonna be on the Bengals, and the Bengals are like going to. I mean, they sucked without him. Like let's just be honest. They, I mean, and some people are gonna say, well, they were they were X amount. They didn't really win a lot of games. But then it's like when you look at the their games again, um, even the game against the Eagles where they tied. Like like Joe Burrow. <clears throat> oh yeah. By the way, Trey Young has forty one points tonight. That's that's kind of why Trey Young is and the Hawks are kind of winning or or not winning, but it's, it's a close game. The bucks are up by now, uh, are, are, are up by right now. Hold on. I got a cough again. Excuse me. But, um, uh, the the bucks are up by now, uh, are up right now. Excuse me. Trey young is and the Hawks aren't far behind. I don't have the exact score because the bucks called a timeout and they went to commercial and I don't remember the live score. Sorry. Uh, going back to Joe Burrow and how awesome he is, like, like, uh, like, like, we'll talk and we'll see Joe Burrow be more awesome. Maybe, maybe not. He is coming off of a pretty horrific ACL injury, um, but he does have T. Higgins and he does have Jamar Chase. When I was, I, I, like, when you look at T. Higgins, like si- T. Higgins is like six foot four. You don't realize how big T. Higgins is until you watch him play. And even then, he kind of looks like he's like a normal wide receiver. But he's like 214, and I was thinking about it. I was like, he's not really like a big burner. Like, he's not really a speed guy. So, I'm just like, why not just have T. Higgins just like gain 10 to 15 pounds and then just be like, yeah, like we don't really care. We're like, yeah, it's T. Higgins. 10 to 15 pounds, like have him balloon up to like 230, and then bada bing, bada boom. Like, you have a six – you have essentially – A uh, a six foot four, two hundred and thirty pound guy in a division with very very like 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 uh, corners excuse me uh, that are like two two hundred maybe two oh five at most. I'm just saying like T Higgins man, and he was and Joe Burrow and him had a really really awesome rapport uh, when they were playing together. I mean there were so many times where. Depending on certain situations and things of that nature, there, there was some back shoulder fades. I'm not a big fan of the back shoulder fade. Uh, if you've listened to the podcast for any amount of time, you know how much I detest that football throw, that throw specifically. Um, but T. Higgins and Joe Burrow had really, really awesome um, rapport in, uh, in the Bengals in the Browns game. And uh, I was just like, wow, like I can't like I, I would be really, really fascinated to see just how awesome that rapport goes with Jamar Chase. Uh, on the football field as well and then weirdly enough he also had rapport with um a guy like AJ Green as well who was there for like a year and he didn't want to be there but he, he he could you could tell that AJ consummate professional was like yeah like uh, I I'll do whatever I can to essentially get this guy up to speed and to be a team player shout out to AJ Green future potentially hall of famer <clears throat> we'll see we'll see The way that people get into the Hall of Fame these days, it's like, Jesus Christ, you have to essentially walk on water as if you're God or Jesus himself to get into the Hall of Fame as a first-ballot Hall of Famer. Not saying A.J. Green is a first-ballot Hall of Famer. I think he should be a Hall of Famer. We'll also kind of see. So, when it comes to the Bengals, right, there was a lot of plays that I saw. uh, First and foremost, good God, man. I thought the left tackle. Or what was the best tackle, and the right tackle was the issue. I saw that game, and I saw like in the first quarter, Miles Garrett absolutely eviscerate the right tackle, or not the right tackle, the left tackle, and the right tackle was giving Miles Garrett some some problems, right? And I was just like, and in this probably it, maybe the left tackle had a bad game. I gotta like see more of the Bengals to be able to come to that conclusion, but that game. First quarter, I was just like, Miles Garrett is losing to the right tackle to the point where the Browns were just like, screw it. We're going to put him on the left tackle. And like one of the first plays that they did that against the left tackle, he had like a, a strip sack or something ridiculous like that. I was just like, like, isn't this the guy that they like have the, the, the common belief that he's better than, than, than most people suspect? I'm like, oh my god, dude. It was terrible. It was really, really bad. And it got to like the point where whenever Miles Garrett was on the left side of the offensive line, whenever he was lined up against the left tackle, they said, "Screw it. We're not going to freaking we're just we're just going to freaking double him. We're just not going to let Miles Garrett just feed off of our left tackle." So what they did was they essentially said, "Hey, um uh, left guard, you have to now help out the left tackle, and you're doubling up Miles Garrett, and he got doubled up every single time. So then Cleveland was like, "Cool, we'll just shift him back to the right tackle," and Miles Garrett couldn't do anything against the right tackle. And It was just like, what? First and foremost, I have so many problems with Cleveland defensively because they didn't just try to try to have some type of a box splits on the left side. Uh, because Miles Garrett was attracting so much different attention. I'm just like, just just freaking like bring a safety down, bring a linebacker to blitz. Like maybe JOK can do this a little bit more next year. But it's just like, goodness gracious, dude, like figure it out. You know? Like take advantage of the weakness that they're providing you. I am watching, by the way, the Hawks miss so many threes right now. There we go like wide open threes too. It's like 110, 111 after they just hit a big three. I got to cough again. Hold on. <coughs> like literally, I saw them miss two threes on like the same offensive possession they got the rebound. And I was just like, "Goodness." Like there are times where I was watching Trey Young and I was just like, "Trey, um that's that's a travel." I was like, "Trey, um maybe uh maybe don't take a long a- hold, hold on. I got to cast this. It's 110, 11 Trey Young with the ball. Dancing on Chris Middleton. One minute, 10 seconds left on the clock. Trey. Trey. Trey working against PJ. Finds John Collins on the inside. John swings it to freaking 12 on the outside. 12 swings it to Herter. And it's a... <clears throat> it's a shot clock violation. Herter was like screaming. Like he was like, I'm open. I'm open. Swing it to me. And... 12 was like, I don't, I don't, I don't see you. Or is it 10? It's 18. Jesus Christ. 18, not 12. That's not good. Is Gallinari out there? He know he's not. I would, I would put I would put in Gallinari. I haven't seen a whole lot of the game, but we'll see. This is kind of like one of those situations where I was talking about like Bogdanovich is like, he's not playing right now because he has an East soreness. Like they're trying to preserve him for as long as they possibly can. Ooh, Milwaukee just missed a big two. 110, 111, 40 seconds left. I don't know why they went fast. That was so dumb. Just go slow. You're up by one. You need two to win. Wait, was that a foul? No, it wasn't. Clint Capella with an offensive rebound and freaking Atlanta's up by one with 29 seconds left. I thought Trey Young had gotten fouled and he didn't. And like Giannis was like, like like I thought Giannis thought that he had gotten fouled. Giannis didn't get fouled. Clint Capella had gotten the offensive rebound. I don't know what Giannis is doing. Then Clint Capella gets the easy deuce. I'm like, okay. This is a nice little floater by Trey Young. Literally rattles inside the cage. I was like, this is going to go in. This is going to go in. It did not go in. It literally rattled in and then it went out. like, oh, Jesus. 29 seconds left. Hmm. As we watch Milwaukee get coached up, how obnoxious would it be if I for the first time doubted Trey Young? And um I like I said 4-1 or 4-0 I think this series, but I mean Milwaukee man, good god, dude. Good god, man. I would consider Atlanta underpowered if like like I I mean they, they just Atlanta they have good players. They're just, their players are not anywhere on the level of Milwaukee. Their players aren't on the level of like the 76ers either. They have an interim head coach. Like, how are they winning so many games? How are they competing this well? I don't understand it. Like, Atlanta should have been a, like, uh, the 76ers should have beat it, beaten them. Uh, freaking Milwaukee, it should not be down 112 to 111. And yes, you could, you could essentially say Trey Young, Trey Way all day. And I'll be fine with that because he has 40 points. But it's like at some like I literally thought going into this series because Bogdanovich was hurt and he's and he's on a limited amount of minutes and because Trey Young is such a obvious like neon sign of scoring points and then Milwaukee just airballed a three! What are they doing? And then they turned it over and then they turned it over and it's just like ball game, ball game. Atlanta's gonna win this freaking ball game. Like I would like you would have thought to me that. I get it, like, going into the series in in game one, you're just trying to feel out your opponent. You're trying to essentially assess what they're doing. But it's like, I would have thought that they would have freaking all doggone day long, all freaking game long, they would have just said, we will not allow Trey Young to beat us. He has 40 points. He has 40, 40 plus points now. He has, like, 40 plus points, and they're just like, screw it. I I I thought they would have said, hey, screw it, we're not going to... To freaking let this guy run Rakshaw against us. And lo and behold, they let Trey Young run Rakshaw against them. He has 45 points. Ugh, God. It's like, what are you doing? He is like the only player that is a scoring machine. It's 114, 111. He hits both. But I'm just like, wh- like what are you doing? Like, double him. May- uh, oh, God, who cares? Who cares about inside they swing it to Giannis on the inside. They want the easy two. It's like cool, like fine, like get the easy two. If I was, if I was, I mean, it's a good foul because Giannis isn't a great free throw shooter. But it's like, like go for the three. I don't know why you're not trying to go for the three. They're like, yeah, we'll feed it to Giannis on the inside. They, you scored. They time out. They advance the ball. They inbound. It's ball game. Five seconds left. They're probably gonna try to find Trey Young, and they will. And then they'll freaking. And then because Trey Young is such an awesome free throw shooter, he'll he'll essentially ice the game. With hitting a bajillion free throws. Like, come on, what are we doing? <clears throat> Jesus Christ. Anyways. What um, was I talking about? My head hurts. Anyways. Um, I, was, oh, I, I mean, the, technically the game is, isn't over with, but I was talking about the Browns they take off Trey young right now because they're not going to score or they're going to try and get the rebound potentially. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're going to try. If, if Giannis misses, I have no idea how this is in 10 seconds. Oh, because they, he was, how, how do they let, hold on. How do they yet? Let Giannis get away with this. They let Giannis get away with just taking forever. I, I get it. It's kind of been blown a little bit out of proportion, but not really. Cause it's like Giannis takes forever. He does practice like, like, warm-up free throw attempts before he actually will, like, get the ball. And it's just like, ref, give him the ball. That's ridiculous that he takes this long to freaking shoot a free throw. It's 10 seconds by now. Call it, ref, call it. They don't call it. And he hits both. It's 1-14, 1-13. the, uh, The Hawks, I didn't explain this clearly. The Hawks had subbed in all of their uh, their big boys, right? They'd taken out Trey Young because of the uh, the dead ball. They'd taken out Trey Young and they'd put in all of their big boys so that way they could make sure that they would have uh, gotten the defensive rebound. So that way they'd essentially do exactly what I just said, which was call a timeout, advance the ball, put Trey Young back on the floor. So that way, um, on their next offensive possession, when they inbound, they'll probably try to find Trey Young, hurt her, I don't know if Bogdanovich is in, probably not. We'll see, <clears throat> but they're going to put in their guys. So that way, when, um, when, when they inbound, they're going to give it to somebody who's a good free throw shooter. So that way they can essentially ice the game by at least hitting one or two. If they hit two, it's all, it's, it's, it's over with. Cause it's 116 113 and Milwaukee. I mean, considering that their last three ball was like an air ball. I'm like, okay, we'll see what happens. With them, but it is 114, 113. Jesus Christ. Even with this game one win, I still don't necessarily think that um, Atlanta will win this series, but because it's like he is the freaking big neon sign saying, Stop me, stop me, stop me, stop me from scoring. And freaking Milwaukee just didn't do that. Stop Trey freaking Young. He has a third of their points. Like you would have thought, like I literally, I literally thought that the uh, the Milwaukee Bucks would have come. I, again, they got like six more games to get it right, but it's like literally, it's just stop Trey Young, just stop him, and they don't. It's just like what, like, huh? <sighs> blows my mind, absolutely blows my mind. And yeah, exactly what I said happened, right? It's a play where Trey Young tries to get loose, tries to get free after they inbound, and he does, and. He get he they get the inbound and he gets the ball. He takes a second off the clock. He hits his first free throw. 115, 113. It's funny how like literally exactly what I said was gonna happen happened. 115, 113. And then Trey Young is 47 points right now. Almost 50. Trey Young is getting the ball back. He's checking it again. Trey, now has the ball. Trey, 116-113 ball game. So, I mean, Milwaukee, man, like, Milwaukee shouldn't be in the NBA Finals to me. It should be the Nets against the Hawks, man. Dude, Milwaukee is such a freaking joke. Oh my god, dude. I can't Oh man, like I, I just, I cannot believe how overrated this basketball team is, man. They have Drew Holiday, they have Forbes, they have Middleton, they have Brooke Lopez, they have so many awesome, bas- Giannis, so many awesome basketball players and they can never seem, never seem to get it right. And I don't care that they beat Brooklyn, even though I had Brooklyn in the series, even though I was like, Brooklyn's going to win it. I don't care that they beat Brooklyn, right? All of their players were hurt. I thought that KD and and Kyrie – not Kyrie because Kyrie was hurt in the last game. Kyrie and – not Kyrie, Kevin and James. I thought they could have uh, won, but James is also hurt as well. But it's like – I even said it. I was like, this series isn't the same series if their players are healthy. And I was just like, this is – it's getting to a point of just like, this is absolutely ridiculous. It should not be 113-116 game one going the way of Atlanta. Just period in a discussion. And who knows? Maybe, like, maybe the series will fall to Atlanta's way, but it's, like, I said, like, a little while ago, whoever comes out of the East will beat the West, whoever comes out of the West, but then I'm, like, I look at this game, and I have the the perspective of watching, like, not a lot of Milwaukee basketball, but a little bit, and, like, how close some of the series are. I'm just, like, I don't think Milwaukee will beat whoever comes out of the West. Unless it's the Clippers. Like, if it's the Suns, oh, my God. If it's the Suns, dude, I I, I don't know how Milwaukee gets past six games. I I just, I don't understand it. Absolute joke. Overrated basketball team. Everybody hyped up Giannis. And it's just like 116-113. And the Atlanta Hawks with Trae Young's dad is celebrating right now in the stands. Because they stole a game, dude. They stole one. Again, it's 116, 113. Bogdanovich has like a big ice brace or something like that on his right knee because again, he has right knee soreness. It's like, holy crap, dude. like Milwaukee to me should this should, should have been a four, I said it, four, one, four, two series, Four oh series. To me, at least. Milwaukee was like the superior basketball team. Just like, what? Milwaukee drops game one? Jesus Christ. I, 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 let, me, let me tell you something right now. Let me tell you something. Milwaukee loses game two. I'm calling it. I'm I'm going to say Atlanta's got the series. I know I'm flip-flopping. I apologize. Things of that nature. First conference finals win in franchise history. What? This is for Atlanta. This is their first conference final win that we just saw. Jesus Christ. What? Like, can I curse? I like I I can I can curse. I'm gonna drop an f bomb here. What the fuck was that, dude? Holy shit! I like I, I gotta I gotta listen to Trey Young's post game interview. This is absolutely ridiculous. That Milwaukee loses game one. Loses game one to the freaking Hawks. Let me listen to this. <clears throat> Hold on. Can't hear Trey Young. They muted his mic. There we go. Trey Young, 48 points, 17 of 34, fit, shooting 50%, seven rebounds, 11 assists. Stop him. Bogdanovich is hurt. He's their main scorer. He accounted for almost half of their points. Atlanta, not Atlanta, Milwaukee's like, we don't care. We want to lose. Atlanta's gonna be fucking popping, popping when they when they go when the series goes back to Atlanta like sometime Saturday or Sunday or something like that. Jesus Christ, dude. This is ridiculous. Trey Young being Trey Young, answering questions. I remember people were talking so much shit about Trey Young, his, his rookie season, and they were like, I can't believe the Hawks with this draft pick on Trey Young and blah, 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 blah. It's like, well, he's a rookie, and usually most, like, you usually don't see, like, the NBA have great young players, and it's just like, well, they now do. Usually it's all of the older players. All the older players now are all hurt. So freaking Trey Young is like the freaking power vacuum that is, is the freaking guy that closes out the power vacuum and freaking like just absolutely destroys everybody in this doggone league. Jesus Christ. Shout out to Trey Young again, even though I picked against him. I don't like Like I like Trey Young. I, I, don't, I don't care. I don't care if he if he made me look ridiculous. I, don't, I, I like Trey Young. Shout out to him. I hope they win the series, even though I think the Milwaukee Bucks will win it. I- again, Milwaukee loses game two. I'm i I'm so off freaking Milwaukee, and I'm going to – I'm just – I'm done. I'm out. I'm out with Milwaukee. I'm just going to be like, yeah, fuck Milwaukee. I, I just can't stand it. I thought they would have lost to the Nets. They didn't. I thought they would have uh, lost maybe, like, their first series. They I don't think they did. Or, I mean, not – I don't think they did. They obviously didn't. And it's like, now they're going to up against my guy. I should have picked Trey Young to win tonight. I did not. I thought Milwaukee was just going to say no to Trey Young. I, like, I don't care if you have to double him. I really don't. I got a burp. Excuse me. I don't care if you have to double him. I don't care what you do. Don't let him get 48 points against you. I still think that Milwaukee will win it because it's a simple, like, it's a simple fix. You just say no to Trey Young. You just say no, you will not beat us. You will not freaking beat us. And for some weird reason, they just said, yeah, oh no, we don't care. We'll let him beat us. It's just like, oh, that's why you lost tonight. Oh, my God. He had 48 fucking points, and they just said, fuck it. We'll let him pop off. Dude, what? God, man. I hate Milwaukee so much. I hate the Bucks so much. They're so overrated. They're so overrated. Who do they beat? I mean, I know I know they beat the Nets. Again, like, we've talked about the Nets and how, like, if the Nets were healthy, it wouldn't have even been a close series. Who did they beat in their first series? Who was the, the team? I can't remember. It was the Heat. Oh, yeah, they swept the Heat. Yeah, they, the Heat had no shot. They, they swept them. They swept them, and they still suck. It's just like, oh, God, dude. My god, they are such an embarrassment to this sport. Anyways, back to the Cleveland Browns versus the Cincinnati Bengals. I apologize for deviating so sharply and harshly, but I just I just literally like had to because I, I was interested in watching Trey Young do his thing. You know. Um so we got Okay, I was watching, like, the preseason schedule, and I was like, wait, Washington is going up against the Patriots week one? That doesn't make any sense. Um, So we got kind of like, recap, right? We were talking about positional value, we're talking about positional value, and specifically how, like, offensive tackles are more important and significant than wide receivers and things of that nature. And we were essentially, like, going over <clears> – <throat> essentially, we were going over, for example – um, you know, Panay Sewell and Jamar Chase, and we were talking about a very, very specific football game, right? And we were talking about how Miles Garrett uh, was matched up against the Cincinnati Bengals, right? And how Miles Garrett, when he was matched up against the right tackle for the Cincinnati Bengals, he absolutely, he struggled significantly against them. It was it was not even close. It was a really, really hard game for him. And this all happened within the first quarter, right? And I saw this, and it extended into the second, third, and fourth quarter. But in the first quarter, it was like, wow, holy crap. I can't believe, like, how bad – maybe not how bad, but, like, how ineffective he is at rushing the passer week one, right? Not week one, but, like, at the start of the game, right? So, Miles Garrett struggles to rush against the right tackle. They swap him. They get him over to the left tackle – and he starts to beat the crap out of the left tackle to the point where, again, they had to put the left guard on, they had to double him up with the left guard, right? And I was talking about, okay, it's obvious that they have to shift over everything, not shift over everything, but they have to essentially add more protection. I would just box splits because the left side of their offensive the line is of the weakest, which is weird because it should be the strongest. Also, the left guard, for example, like I saw even him give up like a, Like a like a like a really really good rush on the inside, not to Miles Garrett, but to like one of the defensive tackles, and I was just like, like who? Because I thought that it was the right tackle uh, that was giving up all of these like pressures, and then it was like, no, it was the left tackle, and it was the left guard, and I was just like, holy crap, is that not good for the Bengals? But I was watching the left tackle play against Miles Garrett, and I was just like, okay, this is why you need an actual like offensive line unit. I talk about how <clears throat> having, you have to have three good offensive linemen to have like a good offensive lineman. I talked about this philosophy, essentially where you have to have like, it, cause the offensive line is a unit, right? It's a unit. It is not one guy. It's not two guys. It is like three, four, five guys, right? Like you can last with like three guys. You can't last with one or two, right? So in the case of the Bengals, I'm like, you need three guys. You need like a left tackle, a right tackle specifically, and then an interior offensive lineman as well. And when it comes to the Bengals, right, I was watching their left tackle. I'm like, get a new left tackle. I was watching the right tackle. I was like, he seems better than the left tackle. And I think they're going to, for this game. And again, I contextualize it by saying this could only be like one game. Maybe the left tackle is a lot better than I thought. And maybe he's having a bad game, et cetera, et cetera. I preface it by saying that. But I was like, for this game exclusively, I was against the Browns. I was like, holy shit, um, they need to get a new left tackle. So, what does this mean when it comes to Panay Sewell and Jamar Chase? Well, hold on. I'm looking at certain free agents that are available like Richard Sherman and Melvin Ingram and all these other players sorry I just flashed across my screen I'm watching the NFL Network total access right now uh, ba- sorry back to how does all of that apply to Panay Sewell and and um, Andrew Chase? well here's how it applies right like like why exactly is it important that Panay Sewell and Rashad like why why is it that The Bengals, long story short, should have gotten a left tackle or right tackle, depending on how they wanted to use him. Um, How does it apply to getting one of these awesome tackler, like, offensive linemen? Like, I would have even have been fine with Rashawn Slater, for example. Like, how does it apply? Like, what's the significance? What's the relevance of it? Well, here's the relevance of it, Right. Joe Burrow was under pressure consistently. He was under pressure constantly to the point where he constantly had to make adjustments inside the pocket, you know, by moving around, scrambling. There was uh, once or twice where he had to, you know, break a tackle or two because he was just I mean, it, it, it was, it, like, if he didn't, he would he would have gotten sacked. Uh, the One of the plays that I remember specifically was like, the play where the left guard had like almost given up a sack and he had like shifted over to the right. And I was just like, if he, and he, and he was kind of getting wrapped up too. And I was just like, if he didn't like kind of burst out of that tackle, then it would have been a sack and it wouldn't have been his fault. Everybody would have said, Oh, that's another sack, but it, it 1000% wouldn't have been Joe Burrow's fault because his left guard gave up the pressure. But all of that just like puts way more, food on joe borrow's plate than what actually should have been on his plate and then on top of that right their running attack was essentially non-existent uh, especially in the fourth quarter as well because they were trying to they were trying to essentially win the ball game and they were just like saying hey screw it we're going to essentially uh we're essentially just gonna have like all of these um All of these, we're we're essentially going spread offense. We're just going to have five wide. We're not even going to pretend like we have a back. We're not going to put in Giovanni Bernard or Joe Mixon. We're just going to have like four wide receivers and a tight end on the football field, and we're just going to do that. Like, that's just what we're going to do. And they did it, and they were pretty freaking successful. The Browns couldn't really match up with it. And uh, the Bengals ran Rackshaw against the freaking Browns. It was incredible to watch. And then the uh, the Bengals defense being the Bengals absolutely screwed the pooch and gave up the win towards the Browns. I couldn't believe it. I was like, the Bengals will find a way to screw it up, I think. Not because of Joe Burrow, but because of their defense. And that's exactly what happened. As I took a swig of water. But as I was watching that game, and I was just like seeing the impact of like, or lack thereof, of like a good left tackle or a good right tackle. I was like, const- specifically left tackle in this case, I was constantly reminded of, all right, how would exactly would Jamar Chase contribute to this game, right, when it comes to pass protection? Some people are going to say, well, um, well, you know, Jamar Chase, he would have been able to have gotten separation and things of that nature uh, faster, and he would have been able to have gotten open and helped out the uh, – helped out – um, Joe Burrow in the sense of making it easier for him to throw the the ball faster or whatever. And it's just like, no, no, no. Like, uh, first and foremost, because I didn't elaborate on this, I kind of cheated a little bit. First and foremost, because a lot of their routes that they were running were like longer developing routes and concepts and things of that nature. They weren't quick gaming them. They were not. They're getting the ball out of his hand within three seconds and the pass protection had to keep up or Joe Burrow had to start running. And to me, it's like when I was watching that game again, I was just like, yeah, like a good left tackle would have been able to have contained uh, Miles Garrett. And probably they would have been able to have helped out uh, the left guard a little bit better with the with the uh with maybe because they, they ran they ran an empty set essentially they ran an empty backfield right so they, they couldn't really add on more pass protection and you saw some of these blitzes with like the safety and the corner and stuff like that you kind of see that coming and things of that nature for the uh for for joe burrow but like there was a lot more that the Browns did or not the Browns did that, but there was a lot more that the Bengals wanted to do, excuse me, um, offensively than just quick game. The Browns, like that wasn't their offensive strategy. Their strategy was like, Hey, we're going to like, we're going to make things visually easy for Joe Burrow because we're going to spread them out. And the defense is essentially going to show their hand. We're going to have very, very little motion in the fourth quarter. And then we're just going to just say set hike or whatever they say in Cincinnati. And we're just going to go from there. And, um, Like Jamar Chase, it's like, yeah, maybe for certain matchups against the Bengals, he may have been able to have, like, let's just say, for example, AJ Green was the wide, like, let's say AJ Green and, and Jamar Chase essentially had swapped. Then yeah, like AJ Green, not AJ Green, then then, yeah, like certain throws, like certain back shoulder fades and things of that nature that were going to AJ Green would probably be more deeper shots and things of that nature. And maybe you have some bigger plays and maybe that is how they get like, that's, that's the impact of Jamar chase. But again, to set up these deep shots that we're talking about, then it would essentially, he would like, there'd have to be time in the pocket for Joe Burrow to have, to be able to throw some of these strikes. The, The long and the short of it is that I learned and it reinforced exactly what I was talking about today. And I have no idea what pro football focus and, All these other people are talking about with offensive line, like the offensive line is one of the most important facets of your football team. As much as people want to say as much as as people want to just like essentially uh, uh, window dress it and say the right thing, but not do the right thing. As much as people want to say, like the offensive line is like one of the most important units on the football team. They uh, they sure don't invest like it is. And they sure don't talk about it like it is like i remember detroit lions fans were talking about getting jamar chase and i was like dude you need to get a quarterback or a tackle um because a uh, wide receiver and i got it like their wide wide receiver was like a glaring issue but i'm like if you have the opportunity to get an actual like tackle that can help you out then you should now there's a lot of debate on whether or not they should have gotten for example justin fields and i kind of like i i mean mac jones for example i'm like mac jones is better than me but you know um like, to me, it's we'll, – we'll see. We'll see what happens. Like, maybe they can get lucky and get Spencer Rattler or Caden Slovis or somebody like that in the draft next year. Uh, maybe they don't. But, I mean, you're kind of hoping and praying that Detroit sucks like they did last year this year, technically for the last three years this year again. And you're hoping that they have another, like, top-tier draft pick so that way they can, you know, draft a quarterback that actually matters. I mean, I, I hope they do, like Spencer Rattler or Caden Slovis. And then they can also get potentially another wideout as well. We'll, we'll kind of see how the chips fall in the next year when it comes to the draft and things of that nature with all these other people, with all these other players, excuse me. But, like, the offensive line cannot be stated how important it is. And there are so, there, like, there is so little that you can do with a shitty offensive line. There's so little that you can do. You do, like you can't run the ball properly. You're inconsistent. Your running back has to do so much. They essentially they have to, what is it? Byob, be be your own blocker, not bring your own beer. Essentially, byob, be, be your. I, I almost said bring your own beer. You have to be your own blocker essentially if your offensive line sucks, and you have to essentially do the job of a three hundred pound man, uh, going up against another like two hundred and. It, it, it depends. It depends on if it's a t- defensive tackle or defensive end, but it could be like 285 to 335 pound, like human being. Like you essentially have to try and like do your offensive lineman's job, which is not the running back's job because he's only like 230, 240, maybe 250, depending on if it's like Derrick Henry, he's 250, right? Long story short, there is like there, – there's like there – there there is like look towards the bad teams see how good their offensive line is there is very very few bad teams that have a bad offensive line or that have a very that have a good offensive line excuse me there's very very few bad teams that have a good offensive line and I'll kind of end it with that god my my head hurts I talked about it yesterday where I was just like I cannot wait for Saturday where all of my Amazon Prime stuff is supposed to like come and I'm supposed to get like a new mattress topper that's supposed to be way better. Let me like check on my mattress topper right now. Hold on. It sucks. Like literally, I hate my mattress so much, dude. topper is essentially nothing and it's like my mattress sucks my pillow like I get like depending on like I kid you not like depending on how I lay on my mattress depends on like if I wake up with a headache or not and today like I literally woke up on the wrong side of the bed and I have a headache now like a massive migraine because of how like bad it is my neck is cricked up It has a crick in it, you know, things of that nature. Anything else I want to talk about? A nice solid hour-long podcast. Oh, my God. My head is on freaking fire right now. Anything else I want to talk about? Anything else? Let me see. I'm kind of just, like, checking some things out. Yeah, I do. I have I have a full topic of conversation to talk about. Who plays tomorrow in the NBA uh, playoffs? Here, who plays tomorrow? Mm, oh yeah, it's Clippers versus. I mean, obviously, it's Clippers versus Suns on on uh, on tomorrow. I don't think I'll stay up and cast it for like, uh, for like however long or whatever, but yeah, like, um, we'll probably, we'll probably chill out, not chill out. We'll probably look at some things. Oh my gosh. My head is on fricking fire right now. Sorry about that. Um, oh my God. What was I talking about? Bucks versus... Hooks versus Hawks like see how disoriented I am like I kid you not my head is like pounding right now it's like I, I do have some other stuff that I want to talk about but I have like I have a really really bad headache I'm going to peace out for now Um, let me kind of give you a tease of what we're going to talk about here tomorrow right it is football stuff Essentially, we're going to kind of look back and talk about some of the aspects of um, of conversation that I got uh, that I kind of spent like literally like a couple of hours on last week. We're still running material that I put out last week or that I made last week this week. It's kind of ridiculous how much material that I made. Um, we're going to look at some of the we're going to kind of go back and we're going to kind of like refresh. our. It's essentially going to be like similar to the Saquon Barkley thing where it's like literally – Like, the whole three, I kid you not, three days of content was literally made by just, like, me going back and wanting to talk about Saquon Barkley. We're going to look back and we're going to talk about, for example, teams that were looking for a new head coach and and also a new quarterback and got essentially one or the other, which, interesting topic of conversation because I was kind of right about the majority of the teams – uh, that needed that, that went out and got a new head coach and got a new quarterback and things of that nature. We're going to be talking about the different aspects of the quarterback position. I made like a list of different aspects. I think it was like 20-something, 20-plus different aspects of the quarterback position uh, that I got. What else did I got as well? well this is all for tomorrow, by the way. I'm piecing out after I get off. And I think that's it. It's going to be a short podcast tomorrow. I'm going to kind of get it out of the way really, really early. We're not going to watch clippers and Suns because I just like I don't know we'll we'll kind of peace out anyways I'll see you tomorrow for all of that good stuff and um, unless something breaking happens like breaking news happens about something and uh, then I'll talk about that I guess anyways I'm peaceing out I'll see you tomorrow uh, ladies and gentlemen 24th podcast